we jump into this new season of the podcast, we're, we're refreshing our definitions and our understanding of our core virtues for man they remember. And today we're talking about humility. What is humility? What does it mean to be someone who's humble? Does it mean being a doormat and letting other people walk all over you? Or is there something more complex about it? What does it mean to be a humble man, a man that's driven by humility and not ego? Well, listen into this episode to find out. You're listening to the Man They Remember podcast, where we're encouraging men to be the kind of man people will remember when we're gone. We're tearing down the Macho Man stereotype one episode at a time. Go to mantheyremember.com for more information. Well, hello, men. Welcome back to another episode of the Man They Remember podcast, where we're encouraging men to be the kind of man people will remember when you're gone. It sounds morbid, I know, but... but we got to be living towards something, right? If we're just kind of walking through life aimlessly, hoping things are going to turn out okay, it's not always going to go so well. But for living towards a goal, for living towards a purpose of being a good man, the kind of man people will talk about, you know, so well, you know, when they're remembering you, then we have to work towards that. It takes it takes effort. It doesn't just happen by accident. And there's a great there's a, been a great loss in society of the mentoring of men, of the raising of men. A lot of us have, have missed out on the opportunity to learn from previous generations. So, so what we're doing is we're digging back into some of the foundational virtues that, that build this, this, this foundation of manhood, what it means to be man. We're not talking about this macho man kind of idea when it comes to manhood. That's that's not how we define what it, what a man is. We define a man as someone who has learned to control his desires, his appetites, his urges with virtue. And so we're going to dig into that and we're going to get back to kind of the core the core virtues that we've built, man, they remember around, we built this podcast on these core virtues. We're going to go back and we're going to work our way through them one at a time. And you might be saying, well, haven't you already done that? Yes, I've already done that. Uh, we've, we've recapped them. In fact, just a couple of episodes, you know, I did an overview of them, but I want to get into them a little bit deeper and I want to reestablish them as the core uh, of what it means to be a man for us uh, at Man They Remember. So, so we're going to spend some time, we're going to go through them, we're going to talk about them week by week, and we're going to talk about humility first. So we're looking at humility. When you, when you hear the word humility, what do you think? I actually talked about humility last week, and I mentioned this phrase from C.S. Lewis, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And we have this tendency to, to think of ourselves and, and try to make the world revolve around us, Right? I mean, we all, all humans have this tendency. We all, we all, all do this where we, where, we make, where we make life about us. We kind of make things about us. And, and one of the things that I've noticed lately is that it's getting worse. <laughs> like after the pandemic, it seems like things just got worse when it comes to our selfishness. I think the pandemic was, was an accelerant on our selfish thinking, on our me first thinking. So we had already lost a lot of ground as a society, and then I think it just got 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 sent you know miles and miles down the road from where it had been before. 
So now we gotta we gotta work on it again, and it's gonna take effort because we've gotten into this world, right? We live in an Amazon world. We live we live in a streaming world. We we live in this place where we get what we want when we want it, and then when it doesn't come when we want it, you know, we feel we feel like like something's wrong, like we're being mistreated, we're we're being abused, we're being taken advantage of. And if you pay for Amazon Prime and and you pay for that two day shipping. But it takes longer than two days for your package to come. Don't you just feel like something unjust has happened? Like, I'm paying for two-day shipping. Why isn't it coming? Like, why are they waiting four days before they ship it? Yeah, technically, it takes two days from when they ship it to get to me. But, like, what about the four days in between? Right? We start to think, well, I deserve. I deserve to have this package come in two days. And of course, they're working on one-day shipping. In a lot of places, they have one-day shipping. Like you order it, you get it that same day. And and we think, well, I, I, I yeah, that, I should get what I want when I want it. We live in a streaming world where where we're no longer in the uh, in the over-the-air network TV world, and we're just kind of at the mercy of whatever's on TV. We're streaming, and, and we watch what we want to watch when we want to watch it. We no longer listen to the radio. We listen to Spotify or, or Apple Music, and we're listening to what we want to listen to at all times. We're never in a situation where somebody else is choosing something for us. We're just always, always getting what we want. We're always making the world revolve around ourselves and our preferences and our desires. And a result of that, a consequence of that, is we become proud. We, we become full of ourselves, right? Because when you think the whole world revolves around you, you start to think you're something. You're something special. I know this because I do it, right? I know it because, because this is what happens in my life. It's, it's easy for me, for me to, get, to get puffed up with pride and make the world revolve around myself. Now, before we just kind of tear into pride and, and destroy pride, there are actually two different kinds of pride. There's, there is a good pride and a bad pride. The bad pride is the one that, that we talk about. It's where you think you're better than others. You, you think you're better than others who haven't achieved what you've been able to achieve. It's, it's elevating yourself. And, and that's, that's not okay. Like, like we, we don't elevate ourselves. We humble ourselves. As, as the men that people remember, the, the men that you remember in your life are, are the men who humbled themselves, who didn't make much of themselves. Yeah, there, there might be something about making a first impression, and, and maybe you remember people quicker when, when, they're, when they're kind of braggadocious, but, but the people that you really remember are the ones that made an impact on your life over a long period of time. Those are the humble ones, not the proud ones. That's the bad pride when you're full of yourself. You think you're better than others. But there is a good pride. Good pride is when you're proud of something that you've accomplished or achieved. Not in a way that you're like bragging about it and always talking about it, but when you've worked hard on something, you're able to to sit back and 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 celebrate that success. You know, one of the things I enjoy is woodworking. You've heard me talk about that before on the podcast. And and I really enjoy, after I've finished a project, just standing back and looking at the work that I've done. Like, wow, I accomplished something. I got something done. 
Uh, last week I finished up a project in the house where I hung the TV on the wall and I ran the electrical behind the wall and I ran all the other stuff, the HDMI and the, and the audio cables and whatnot behind the wall. And it's an old house and there, you know, it's lath and plaster. So there's some unexpected bracing in the wall around the outlet that I took out and, and some stuff like that. And so it ended up being a lot more of a struggle than I thought it was going to be, which is how things go in my house. It's just how things go in this old farmhouse that we live in. But after I kind of fought through all of the challenges and I ended up, you know, getting that TV hanging on the wall, how I wanted it hanging on the wall, where I wanted it hanging on the wall, it took, it took several attempts, putting the TV up and taking it down, all this stuff. Once I finished it, I was able to just that night look at it and it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. I, I, I had to work to get that accomplished. That's, that's, that's a good pride. There's nothing wrong with that kind of pride. So, so there are times when it's okay to be proud. Let me ask you a question. Have you, have you ever looked up to someone only to have that image of that person in your mind just totally destroyed once you got to know that person? Like, have you ever kind of looked at someone from the outside and then, and then you got to know them. And once you get to know them, that, that idea is just gone. It's just, just blown up because they're just a horrible, awful person. I've had that happen. Had that happen several times where, where I look up to, I admire someone, and then you get a little closer, you get to know them a little deeper, and you think, oh, wow, I, I don't want to know that person like I thought I did. I, I don't want to be like this person like I thought I once did. So we don't want that to happen. We don't want, we don't want to put off this, you know, present ourselves in one way and then be an entirely different way when people get to know us. We want to be authentic at all times. And sometimes we need to work at who we are. So how then do we deal with, with things that kind of attack our ego? Right? If, we're, if we're supposed to be humble, should we just become doormats and, and allow things to just kind of just allow people to roll over us at all times? Is there, is there something we should? Well, no, we don't, we don't have to become doormats. We don't have to let people step on us. That was something that I've struggled with. In fact, it's something I still struggle with where I just I tend to I tend to not really assert myself in certain situations. I I, I don't I don't uh, I don't do the things that I should do to to make myself, I don't know, equal, I guess, to some people around me. And I can I can easily become a doormat and just let people let people take advantage of me. It's it's not hard to do. But when that like when we're in a competitive environment or when we're in a comparison environment what do we do do we do we ever do anything about our reputation do we worry about our reputation Ep- epictetus epictetus said if anyone tells you that a certain person speaks ill of you do not make excuses about what is said of you but answer he was ignorant of my other faults else he would have not have mentioned these alone Right. I mean, when people are talking about us or when we're, we're thinking about a reputation, we know, we know that we're not nearly as perfect and, and that if they really knew who we were inside and out, that they'd find even more things, more things to complain about, to, to tear us down about. Uh, Charles Wooden said, fellas, you're going to receive some criticism. Some of it will be deserved and some of it will be undeserved. Either way, deserved or undeserved, you're not going to like it. You're also going to receive some praise on occasion. Some of it will be deserved. Some of it will be undeserved. Either way, deserved or undeserved, you're going to like it. 
However, your strength as an individual depends on how you respond to both criticism and praise. If you let either one have any special effect on you, it's going to hurt us. Whether it's criticism or praise, deserved or undeserved, makes no difference. If we let it affect us, it hurts us. You have little control over what criticism or praise outsiders send your way. Take it all with a grain of salt. Let your opponent get all caught up in other people's opinions, but don't you do it. See, it's easy for us to, to, to desire what we want, and, and I'm wrestling with this. You know, like I, I want people to, to recognize my talent or my skill or, or my ability in certain ways. And I want to get, you know, I want to get praise. I want to get praise in certain environments, and and I want that to be recognized. But it's so easy to get caught up in that. It's so easy to to get caught up in how people are speaking of your performance at work, or how people are speaking of your performance in this environment or that. But if we get focused on those things, then it will drive us. It will dominate us, and and those will become our pursuits. We're pursuing. The response, we're pursuing how people talk about us instead of pursuing growth, instead of pursuing growth in our character or growth in our skills or, or whatever it is we're working on. So the important thing is to keep our focus on the right thing. When we don't, then, then pride has a way of creeping in and, and pride has a way of driving us to do things and become people that we're not. C.S. Lewis said, pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the next man. It's the comparison that makes you proud, the pleasure of being above the rest. Once the element of competition is gone, pride is gone. This morning, uh, as I uh, just a, a couple of hours before I recorded this, Tom Brady made his second announcement about his retirement. And people are asking, well, is it going to stick this time? Is it going to be real? And he just had, he had a pretty... Uh, Pretty abysmal performance in, in their playoff game and, you know, just not a real strong competitor throughout a lot of the season. His his passing was off. He wasn't connecting with receivers like he used to. Something was different this year. And and when he made his announcement, it was a real short announcement where, where he just said, hey, everyone, let's get right to the point. Um, I'm retiring again. This time it's for real. And I'm not going to be talking to anyone about it. I'm not taking any questions. That's it. Just this real short, and, and you could you could almost hear it and, and sense it that that he had been defeated, that that now now this element of competition is gone, and as a result, because he didn't compete as well this last season, his pride as a man is gone because his competition was was poor. That's what pride does to us, and I'm, I don't know Tom Brady. I don't know if he's a, a real proud guy or not. I, I'm not not making a, a judgment. It's just when when you're focused on competing and competition and and beating the other guy is what's driving you. We tend to we tend to get out of whack, and and once that competition is gone, then our identity has a way of going away. So we have to be careful about that. So does this mean, you know, that that uh, that I have to be a doormat? I already mentioned that earlier. Does this mean I have to let others walk all over me? Pride uses others to make ourselves feel better about our shortcomings. That's what pride does. It, it it's using others. It we compare ourselves to others, and we belittle them so that we feel better about ourselves. We tear them down so that we feel puffed up in our own ego. 
But humility makes others feel better about themselves, oftentimes sharing our own shortcomings. So it doesn't mean that we have to be a doormat, but it means we have to be honest, which is another virtue that will be coming up in future weeks. It means we have to, we have to share who we really are and, and not, not put up this facade of, of who we think we are. We have to talk about who we really are and our own shortcomings. And, and, and our goal is not to, not to um, control other people's thinking of us in their minds. Our goal is actually helping the other person become better themselves. And we can't do that unless we're humble. If we're pride, we're just focused on ourselves and, and, and trying to hide our shortcomings and comparing ourselves to others so we feel better. But if we're, if we're humble, we're thinking about others and, and lifting them up, sometimes even revealing our own shortcomings so that we can help build them up so they don't feel like such a failure in one way or another. Well, think of the men that you look up to. Picture one of the guys that you look up to. What's their name? You know, how, think about some, something that really, that, that really draws you to them. Really picture that guy. And now think, how did they make me feel when I was around them? How did I feel? How do, how do I feel when I'm around this person? That person that you really look up to, how, how do you feel when you're around them? And now, think about yourself. How do, how do others feel when they're around me? How do others feel when I'm in their presence? Am I, am I making them feel well about themselves, good about themselves? Or am I so concerned with how they think about me that they don't even have a chance to, to realize what they're going through. The true measure of a man is how he treats someone who can do him absolutely no good. That's Ann Landers. John Bunyan said, You have not lived today until you have done something for someone who can never repay you. There's a little bit longer quote I want to read for you. But um, it starts this way. It's admired for her beauty, Jenny Jerome, Winston Churchill's mother, glided through the loftiest social circles in Great Britain. Once, on consecutive nights, Mr. Rome dined with England's premier politicians, Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli and his chief rival, William Gladstone. When questioned about her impressions of the two men, Mr. Rome made the following observation. When I left the dining room after sitting next to Gladstone, I thought, he was the cleverest man in England. But when I, sat, when I sat next to Disraeli, I left feeling that I was the cleverest woman. And that's the difference. When, when you're hogging the spotlight, when you're hogging all of the attention, yeah, you might, you might leave a good impression in someone else's mind about how you know, accomplished you are. But if you make someone feel like, like Jenny Jerome felt when she was sitting next to Benjamin, they're going to have an entirely different impression of you, and it's going to last longer. Right? You, you want someone to, to feel that way. You want someone to, to, after spending time with you, feel that way when they're thinking back on their time. How did you make them feel? Not, not how did you make them feel about you, but how did you make them feel by being there? Man is not by nature deserving of all he wants. 
When we think that we are automatically entitled to something, that is when we start walking all over others to get it. Chris Jamie. So, we rise by lifting others. You've heard that, that quote by uh, Robert Ingersoll. We rise by lifting others up. We, we, we don't rise by making something of ourselves. We, we don't rise by exalting ourselves and making a name for ourselves. We actually rise by lifting others up around us. It's how the great coaches have done it in sports. They, they weren't making a name for themselves, right? They, they, they were interested in building up the great team, and they focused on building the team. And the really great coaches focused on building up the character of the people on their team. So, how can humility make us the kind of man that people will remember when we're gone? Well, I've already talked about it, but you think about that. How does humility make me the kind of man people remember when we're gone? Ernest Hemingway said, there's nothing noble in being superior to your fellow man. True nobility is being superior to your former self. There's nothing wrong with being in competition with who you used to be. That's good competition. Maya Angelou said, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. And here's the last one. And it really applies to being the kind of man people will remember. Charles de Gaulle said, graveyards are full of irreplaceable men. There's a, a temporary nature to, to being alive, right? We don't always feel it, especially when we're younger. We feel like, like we're going to live on for a very long time. But now that I'm in my 40s, I, I'm really starting to, to get a little more perspective on how short life is, how short my time with my kids is. You know, my, my oldest is 16. She's halfway through. She just finished her first semester of her junior year. She's got half her junior year left, and then she's going to be a senior. Like, sh- time just really flies. It's short. It doesn't last for very long. And we can get puffed up thinking we're, we're really important. And sometimes we even feel like we're irreplaceable. Well, this, this person or, or this group or, or this organization, they could never do without me. But the truth is, you know, whatever job you're fulfilling, whatever job or role you're in, you know, that you're making income on, the truth is, if something happened to you, you would be replaced. And sometimes really quickly, right? And it, and it might kill you to, to go back after a short time and, and see just how quickly they moved on from you. I've been in situations like that where, where I've been replaced and, and it just seems like it doesn't take hardly any time at all for people to move on and start, start investing in the next person that comes along. We're not irreplaceable, but we can be memorable. We can, we can have a lasting memory. We can, we, we can help people remember who we are, and it's not by, by building ourselves up and puffing ourselves up and, and being full of our ego. It's actually by, by what we do for the people around us. It's helping the people around us. It's lifting them up. It's working to build up the people around you. Those are the people that people remember when they're gone. Graveyards are full of irreplaceable men. But that doesn't mean that people don't go to graveyards to remember the men who are there. Right? Sure, there are a lot of headstones that never get visited. There, there are a lot of headstones that, that are just immediately forgotten gravestones. But... 
But the good men, the great men, people go there time and time again. Ambrew, or, uh, Abraham Lincoln's memorial, right? I mean, people go there all the time because he was a great man and they want to remember him. And he's been remembered for hundreds of years. Abraham Lincoln was a very, from what I've, uh, from what I've heard others talk about, I obviously didn't know him in person, um, a humble man. He was, not, he was not an egotistical man. He failed a lot. He, he, he didn't get elected a lot. <laughs> like, like he, he had to work really hard to get to the point where he got elected into, into Congress and then as the president. He wasn't, you know, a, a, a guy that just, you know, everyone was drawn to because of his personality. He had to work at it, but, but he was obviously the right man for the job. He was able to not be driven by his own ego, but be driven what, by what was right. And he worked to make things right, and we remember him because of it. Takes humility. Takes humility to, to, to sacrifice your own political future for what's right. right? He was... He was willing to lay down even his own political future, knowing that that pushing through, um, pushing against slavery, you know, fighting to to bring an end to this horrible thing that had been happening in our country for so long, it might cost him a lot politically, and even if it cost him his career politically, it was still the right thing to do, and he was going to go for it, and he did, and he succeeded. That's why we remember him, not because because he was talking about Abraham Lincoln all the time but because he was concerned with what was right. That's what we as men have to do. We have to be concerned with what's right. And that's an overview of humility. All right, so that's going to do it for us today, for this week. And uh, next week we'll get into another another one of our uh, conversations. We're going to be talking about hunger, desire, and uh, and what it means to to really be searching or be someone who desires to grow as a man. All right, have a great week. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Man They Remember podcast. You can find us online at www.mantheyremember.com, facebook.com slash mantheyremember, and instagram.com slash mantheyremember. Thanks for leaving a review and your rating on Apple Podcasts, and most importantly, thanks for sharing this podcast with your friends.